everybody, and welcome to another episode of the BJJ Foxcast. I am your host, Alex Martinez, and today I am really excited to have Barbara Micheletti on the show. I, 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 it's not spelled that way. I had to spell it phonetically on my card. She is a gerontologist. She's a consultant, a speaker, and the founder of Interrupting Aging, right? And you're on interruptingaging.com? Correct. Uh, th- and Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And we also have the lovely Amy Martinez on the show. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so uh, let's kick it off with uh, my first question when I looked at your Instagram was like, what in the world is a gerontologist? Gerontologist? Gerontologist. Gerontologist. It's yeah. a great question. And I, and I get asked that all the time. And here's the thing. It's not that well known of a subject mm. or a subject matter. You probably have heard of geriatricians or maybe geriatric care managers or maybe a mm. geriatric nurse. Yeah. So geriatrics is the medical side of the aging process. So gerontologists are where the study of the aging process. We focus on the middle age, older and elderly adults. Gotcha. Geriatricians, but we don't focus on just the medical part. That's where geriatricians come in. So they go through regular medical school. Yeah. And then they take additional classes and courses on the diseases, the chronic diseases of an aging body. Got it. And that's where they're different. But you can be a gerontologist and a geriatrician combined. I've seen those as well. But as far as I'm concerned, gerontology, we take from a scientific perspective, a scientific study of the biological, physiological, psychological, social, and cultural mm. aspects of people. And then we put that in middle age, older, and elderly adults. Gotcha. And so that's where I focus that. Yeah. And, y- and you mentioned earlier that you started that a little bit later in your mid-30s, about, what, four years ago? And... Um, you, uh, you, you talked about getting into it and being, um, uh, 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 tell me about that process. What made you go from, cause you, you were in, if I remember correctly, you were in the insurance world and then you switched over. What was that? What was that jump like? Actually, it, it started off, it, it started off back when I was not in the insurance world. Mm. I was actually starting college for the first time. So the story goes is I was a single mom for a long time with a high school education and I was civil service air force. And so I worked for the government and I was in my twenties and my last job in my twenties for the air force civil service was JAG, which is judge advocate general, right? It's lawyers Mm -hmm. working for the government. They were the ones that really encouraged me. I, here I am this high school, you know, person, single mom and all that, uh, legal clerk and assistant secretary, things like that. And they were saying, why aren't you in college? Why don't you go to college? I don't know. Well, then why don't you go to college? You do really well. You probably make a really good lawyer. I mean, they were giving me increasing responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So after three years, it kind of finally sunk in. Like, I think I should go. I want to go to college. I'm going to do it right. Yeah. So what I did was go for the next seven years. So I quit a perfectly good job. <laughs> Back in my, <laughs> when Carissa was all of this big, my yeah. daughter, we can talk about her later. Yeah. And I went into school. I decided I'm going to go into college and I'm going to do this right. So I initially was going to actually go into marketing. And then I changed that, you know, as we we all do. I was in my late 20s at that point. So when I finished up my, as I was finishing up my four-year undergraduate degree, I knew I was going to go into graduate school. I thought I was going to become a psychologist. Okay. Regular, plain old, you know, psychologist and all that. My professors, my undergraduate professors said, you know, there's this emerging field called gerontology. And you kind of like older people. You probably would do really well in that field. And I said, well, I have no, nothing, no idea about it. But let me look into it. When I was finishing up my undergrad, 
I was working as a teller in a bank. This is in Tucson, Arizona, right? So okay. it's retirement account, you know, just yeah. retirement haven. Yeah. And the bank where I was a teller was in a community surrounded by senior adult communities, which I didn't know anything about then. Back then, I wasn't a gerontologist, right? So one of my clients that would come in all the time, her name was Betty. And I loved Betty. She was just fantastic. She's in her mid-70s. She's always had a smile. She was always, hey, Barb, how are you? And I'd see her coming in the door. Hey, Betty, come on over to my window. Well, I got to know Betty over a period of months. I noticed that Betty, over time, she would forget my name. She would forget sometimes what she even came into the bank for. And I wasn't a gerontologist back then, and I thought, something's not right. It just doesn't seem right. Well, one day, Betty came into the bank. Hey, Betty, come on over. So she comes over to my window. She's like, I need a $10,000 check. Oh. Now, this is 1995. Wow. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money now. It was a lot of money back then. I'm like, Betty, that's a lot of money. Like, what are you going to use it for? Are you going to go on a cruise? Are you? I mean, it's just like as clear in my mind's eye today as it was back then. Are you going to treat yourself? Are you going to a cruise? What are you going to do? And she said, oh, no, no. And at first, she didn't want to tell me. And I said, well, you kind of have to tell me because I have to get a signature from the manager. Yeah, when for I 10 create, grand. Yeah. For 10 grand when yeah. I create the check. <clears throat> she said, okay. She said, I met a nice young man on the phone, and I'm going to send it to him. He's overseas, and he told me he's going to do something really great for me with this money. Oh, my I'm goodness. Like, wow. I'm like, okay, all right. So I started getting this sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. I said, okay, well, I need to go and create the check. So I created the check, went over to the branch manager. As soon as I got out of her sight, I said, okay, I've got Betty at my window. I've been seeing her for a long time now. I feel like I know her pretty well, but I th- she's really something is wrong with her. She forgets my name. She forgets what she's coming in, for, in here for. Sometimes I have to repeat myself. Now she wants a $10,000 cashier's check, which is a lot of money. Does she have family? Do, does she have a trusted contact? And I'll never forget the branch manager looking me straight in the eye and saying, no, Barb, she doesn't. And it's none of her business. She could spend her money how she pleases. Aww. Could you give me that check and I'll sign it? So I gave him the check. Whoa. I signed it. I took it back. I walked over to Betty. I gave it to Betty. Here you go, Betty. She's like, thank you. She walks out the door, and I'm like, oh, my God, something really bad happened. Just a sick feeling in yeah. my stomach. I later found out that Betty had lost all her money, that Betty was totally scammed by some whatever on the phone. She lost all her money. Where she was staying at was an independent living community. I didn't know this at the time. I wasn't a gerontologist. Mm-hmm. She was staying in an independent living community. She had no family, so they found some distant, distant relative to come in, and say, oh, put her in a lockdown facility. And that's what they Aww. did. They Whoa. took her car. They took her home from her. They put her in a lockdown facility. She just completely lost her life, her control of her money, that $10,000. And I thought then when I found out, like, the bank failed Betty. I felt like we all failed Betty. Yeah. And it was around that time when I had made the decision to become that gerontologist. Yeah. And, and make a meaningful, more of a meaningful difference in the lives of older adults. That is so powerful. So that started my gerontology journey, which ended in 1998 when I finished my graduate work Mm. and my thesis on actually telemarketing fraud and older adults because of Betty, because of what happened to her. Yeah, Amy's uh, grandmother had some experience with that. Not not, not to that level. Not to that level, no, but but uh, there were hundreds of dollars in magazine subscriptions that she had, and she, hey, Gene, your magazines are coming up due again. You want to pay for those? Oh, sure. $800 later, she's got 17 different magazine subscriptions, and then they call her in another six months, not realizing that 
and she doesn't didn't remember yeah. that she just paid for it. So yeah. sure, another eight hundred dollars. No, it was crazy. But I also think like, <clears throat> you know, Grammy had all of you guys around all the time. You know, but yeah. just imagine a Betty that doesn't have family and is alone and someone calls and they're nice. Mm-hmm. And there know? are a lot of Bettys out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Too yeah. Way too many and they're growing. Mm-hmm. I've, I've since resurrected. I did the research 25 years ago. I created this thesis and this old everything. And then I put it on the shelf, you know, became a mom again and all that. Actually, yeah. I became a mom in graduate school again and um, and had another baby beyond that. But I re- recently resurrected it as I created this company, Interrupting Aging. And so that's one of my presentations that I call the wolf who ate grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Telemarketing fraud and crimes of persuasion, which one of the studies that I did back in the day was on the Reader's Digest and the magazine subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Criminal. Just wow. criminal back then. I feel for your your grandma. Yeah. It's just yeah, predatory. It, yeah. It, yeah. And she just didn't. It, and she was a really nice lady. She was a really nice lady, you know. And yeah. so very easy to take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my gerontology start in my journey. Yeah. So where 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 did that take you? Like uh, we we talked a little bit beforehand, and you're you're you do a lot of consulting for for firms, and you you basically teach people how to guide folks through this journey of aging. So tell me about that. Exactly. And and to your point on the insurance, when we had talked about the insurance and the gerontology, so I was married at the time to an insurance agent, and that's kind of how I eventually fell into yeah. insurance was yeah. because I was married to an, I don't know if people wake up one day and go, I'm going to be an insurance agent. I, I, <laughs> I I, I'm thinking not. Well, you know, I, I met a kid once. I, I was part of this uh, networking group. Um, gosh, it was like Business Networks Incorporated or something like that, where you, you have a room of 10 people or yeah. something like that. Oh, and you, BNI? BNI. Yeah. yeah. So I was in BNI for like a hot minute, you know, and <laughs> it wasn't my thing. But um, really cool people. And I met this kid who... Um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, but he was like maybe 23 years old and that's all he wanted to do was sell insurance because his uncle or his someone related to him just made all kinds of residuals. He's like, dude, all I have to do is sell a bunch and live off the residuals. I'm like, I'm not quite sure if that works that way, but that's a pretty good scam if you got, you know, if you can do it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Anyway, sorry, but yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it's so much a scam because. I mean, I'm always going to have like that insurance brain yeah. as well, right? Because I was in the industry for 13 years. I was property casualty insurance agent and a business owner. And I eventually ended up building like five books of business from scratch. Wow. So I know the hustle. I know what it takes. <clears throat> yeah. But I also believe in the products too, right? Yeah. Because it's really that risk transfer from someone's pocketbook, you know, into the insurance company. And mm. and when it when a claim pays, when life insurance pays, when a long-term care policy pays or a Medicare policy or, you know, or not Medicare, I'm sorry, that's not insurance, but just when an, ins- a, an insurance product pays out, mm. I mean, that's a very good thing. So yeah. I do I do believe in the in the products. I especially love, and now we're off on an insurance tangent, <laughs> I, especially, I especially love with our aging population because we are growing older. I mean, we are societally, not only in the U.S., but globally, we're, we're all aging, and we are rapidly aging. They, um, We have the insurance companies are creating these hybrid products, which I really like because they're recognizing that we're not dying at 65 anymore and they're not stopping like life insurance at 65. They're increasing them to age 85 and even 90. And I really love that Mm -hmm. because it's reflecting the longevity that we have. But getting into the insurance, I was, you know, married at the time to an insurance agent and I kind of got into the, got into that insurance industry of, Oh, I think I, I think I would like to become an insurance agent. So it was during those years, these 13 years when I was an insurance agent 
And again, that's where I witnessed these age-related money issues with my clients. I could tell you another story. It's another one of my why stories. So I'm I'm sitting here all in Arizona, right? Yeah. And you can't make this up. Right? <laughs> like you yeah. can't make this up. Yeah. So I'm working with my, one of my clients, Jerry. And Jerry is just one of the salt of the earth. He started his company 25 years ago. He loved his company. He was a cowboy. He'd wear big old cowboy hats yeah. and bright blue denim you know, jeans. And he'd wear shiny black ostrich cowboy boots. I mean, yeah. you just couldn't miss them. Right. But he loved his companies. <laughs> company he loved his employees and Uh he knew his employees were his lifeblood and if he didn't have good employees that were loyal and faithful to him he would be loyal and faithful to them Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have a company yeah so we're reviewing his insurance policies one day not exactly the most funnest of things although i always thought they were kind of cool yeah he looked at me and he goes barb you're an insurance agent but you're a gerontologist too right and i said yeah and he said i'm not a practicing woman yes and he said well he goes I want to tell you about my employee, Bob. And he said, he's 69 years old. He's a loyal employee. He's been with me for 20 years. I'd do anything for him. But he lost his wife the year before. And it's affecting his work. He's becoming increasingly forgetful. He repeats himself. And he drove our company truck into a wall. Bam. For the second time this year. Whoa. He goes, I don't know what to do. I'm staring at him going, <laughs> what? And he said, he's looking at me with these big eyes going, I don't know what to do. And I'm Barb, thinking. Barb, don't you have all the answers? <laughs> and I'm going, oh, my gosh, <clears throat> is he okay? Is it, did anybody get hurt? I mean, just the usual yeah. stuff. And then I said, all right, I'm not a practicing gerontologist, but let's put together a game plan for his cognitive issues. He clearly has cognitive issues. Yeah. So we did. And that's one of many stories yeah. that I had with my clients. And I just felt like my hands were tied I wasn't a financial planner. I just felt like my hands were tied a lot. Mm. In helping my clients, I could only help them so far. Yeah. And then I made the decision in 2019-ish to become the financial planner. I thought, well, I let me level up yeah. my training yeah. and become a financial planner on top of being a gerontologist and insurance agent, go into the financial industry, become a financial planner, and help these people with their cognitive, you know, with their gerontology, these aging issues and money issues. Yeah. So I did. I took my training. I took my securities exams and all that. I'm going through one of what I call, it's the Financial Planning Association Externship Program. And actually, this was back in 2021. And I loved going through that program, actually. It was a lot of fun. And they since invited me back as the aging expert on the program. Oh, neat. But I took it back in 2021, intent on becoming a financial planner. Yeah. Well, I'm one of a 1,000 externs. It's all virtual like this. All these financial professionals, certified financial professionals, people with credentials out to here, alphabet soup behind their name, that type of a thing. So we're learning about, we learned about risk management, we learned about debt, we learned about portfolio creation, all the things, estate planning. I'm asking all the age-related questions. Well, what happens if you're married and your spouse becomes demented? Where's mm. that money going to come from? <clears throat> Are you going to age in place? I'm asking all these age-related issues. And some of the people that I would ask, they would say, not quite sure. We yeah. not really thought about that. And I'm like, well, what if you're a caregiver? Do you have that conversation with your client? It's like $338 what is it, billion dollars in unpaid care yeah. is given on just caregiving, and that's unpaid care. So I'm asking these questions, all age-related, because that's where my gerontology brains go, brain goes. And I didn't hear the answers that I really wanted to hear. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I should, instead of being one-to-one with my clients, maybe I should be, could be one-to-many, and I can help financial and insurance professionals you know, 
help them build their books of business and make them more successful successful by teaching them how to ask these age-related questions because we are all going through our aging process. Before we're born, we're aging Mm. in our mother's womb, Mm. and then we're born, and then we're all going through our aging process. But to have those, you know, those difficult sometimes conversations, how do you want to tie? You know, like, do you have your estate plan in, in order? You know, what if your spouse becomes demented? What if you become a caregiver? What if you're frauded? You know, what do these things look like and how can you mitigate? Yeah. Oh, if something for women, I mean, I'm a big advocate for women, like our hormones. And when we go through menopause or for men, you know, societal expectations of men and just all the things that men go through or aging couples, we all have different ways that we age depending on if we're single, our gender, our culture, you know, if we're in a relationship. Yeah. Or if we're in an LGBTQA plus mm. relationship. So we yeah. have right. <coughs> so many different yeah. dynamics. And so I, I just didn't hear the things that I wanted to hear. And I thought, well, it's time to pull the trigger and become a consultant. And that's, that's so what cool. got me from insurance into being a gerontologist consultant in this industry. Wow. That's, yeah, that's so really cool. cool. That's really cool. And so, so necessary. Yeah. I mean, I, I, gosh, yeah. When we, we were talking for 10 seconds and I was like, Ooh, I got to sell my home. <laughs> We're I gotta not, get the I gotta get the hell out of here while I still can. We are not selling the house. Um, Live on the bottom floor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I left out of your your intro or the bio in the intro is uh, you're also a jujitsu practitioner, and we talked about that a little bit. And uh, well, first I want to know how how you found jujitsu and why why it's it means that much to you because it sounds like it means a lot to you. Tell me about that. It does. It it really does. And it's funny. Because my daughter is married to a, a global champion, yeah. as you as you know him, yeah. you know Gustavo Dantes. Yeah. And what was so funny about how they connected? I mean, you gotta understand, my daughter. She literally had no athletic bone in her body. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, Marissa, she really, I hope you're not listening. She's not listening. <laughs> Mom's talking shit. Mom's talking shit. <laughs> you settle this on the mats. She didn't. She's beautiful. She's brilliant. She's bright. But she wasn't the one that was in gymnastics, and she right. wasn't the one that was on the softball team, and she didn't do those things. Now, I'll give her credit. She did taekwondo for, like, six months when she okay. was nine. Yeah. She broke a board. Done. That was her thing. That's it. <laughs> that's, and that's, I'm out. That's all you need. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And she was done. And so now her, you know, connecting with Gustavo, now they're married. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. They, but they connected on. They were both speaking a part of a National Speakers Bureau, a National Speakers gotcha. Association. That's how they met. So in 2020, what happened in 2020? COVID. Yeah. The yeah. world shut yeah. down. The world shut down. Exactly. Grappling, touching. It's this whole thing. It, yeah. Everything shut down. So here's the here's the story. <laughs> so I was telling you guys off, offline here. So here's the story. I had contemplated doing jujitsu when I first learned about it. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? You know, like, oh, they're 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 wrestling. No, it's grappling. Okay, well, I don't. I, I've, I've not ever done anything like that. Like, that's such a contact sport. So I contemplated it, and I think I had a little bit of either ageism or genderism, or, you mm. know, sexism in my brain going, mm. well, can I do that? You know, I, I'm a woman. I'm, I'm getting a little older. Like, should I be doing that? And so I just had always kind of, like, tossed it around in my brain. So in 2020, when COVID hit, Carissa called me up one day out of the blue, and I kid you not. She kept, called me up one day. She's like, Mom, so you know COVID. We had to shut down the academy. It's touching COVID, no touchy, all that. Close quarters, right? Close quarters. Gustavo needs to show his techniques to his students online. He needs to keep in front of his students. So she says he's been doing that, but he needed a body. And so he asked me to help him. 
she said, and, and I kind of like it. And she'd always thought that that was his thing. Like, she does her thing. Gotcha. He does, that's his thing. Yeah. That's his bag. That's his deal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it became personal to her. Where she's like, I kind of like this. And then she called me up and she goes, Mom, here's the thing. So Gustavo is having me do this, and I kind of like it, and I think you would like it too, and I think it would be really good for you. She's literally telling me this. I think it would be really good for you, and I like it, and I think you're going to like it, and I'm going to train, and I really want you to train with me. Oh, cool. Okay, so will you train with me? And I was like, okay, sure, sure, of course, honey. You know, sounds like a great idea. I know what I do, and I'm getting myself into, but sure. And that's how it started back in 2020. <laughs> Little did I know. Tell me, I tell me about it. day one. Tell me about day one walking into that academy. I mean, obviously, there's some comfort there because, like, you know, if, if you get hurt, you know the owner, you can take it out on him. But, uh, <laughs> but seriously, like, you know, it's a whole new. You know, I, I always, I always tell people, you know, you're in a new outfit. Yes. You're on a padded floor. Mm-hmm. It's sensory overload because there's so many different people, and people sweat more than others. And tell me about your first experience with jujitsu. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's everything that you just said. You're wearing this gi, this 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 outfit. This this you look like you're karate or something yeah. like that. You've got this belt on. You don't know what to expect when you're going out there. You know you're going to get touched, but you don't know right. like how what closely. That, right, exactly. <laughs> you don't know you're going to get choked to where you can practically pass out and mm-hmm. things like that. And then you're with your. For me, I was with my daughter, and she was learning it too. And then Gustavo, my son-in-law, is teaching it to us. It was total sensory overload. I'm yeah. listening, going what did I get myself into? Like you guys hurt each other. And then it was within, (laughs) it it shifted within me that I'd always thought I've always been, I've always been athletic, you know, I'm not pumping myself up or anything like that, but I just always done something like I was a distance runner. I Mm -hmm. played racquetball. I was, you know, the aerobics. I mean, I was always doing something, bicycling, Mm -hmm. hiking, you name it and stuff like that. Some weightlifting as well here and there throughout my life. But nothing like that. Nothing prepared me for being on the mat. It was magical. It really was. Yeah. When I saw what I could do and I, I saw what my body could do. And then I also saw the self-defense piece of it. Because yeah. Gustavo was really is really good about teaching the practicality mm. of jujitsu. Here's how you can defend yourself. You're a woman. You know, here's what can happen. Here's what could happen. And here's how you can defend yourself. And that's what I learned over time. So you learn how to to work your your body in the sense of what your body is capable of. Yeah. But you also gain as a woman, and I can imagine guys would feel this too to a certain level, that you feel more capable, that you can be yeah. you're, you're more confident, you feel like you could defend yourself a little bit more. And as you gain those skills, you know, it's it's that aspect of it. But it's also transformative on your body. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. The strength you get, the agility, the flexibility, yeah. and then the community. It's yeah. just, it's off the charts, yeah. right? Everybody is so kind and so helpful. And I tell people this all the time in my capacity as a consultant. It's not like you go in on day one and get smashed by a 20-year-old spazzy guy, right? right? right. It's <laughs> not like that. Yeah. They don't, <clears throat> for the most part, academies are very aware and sensitive of your age, of your gender, yep. Yep. of your your athleticism or lack thereof. Yeah. You know, that you really take that into account, and I know you do. I've seen that time and time again at different academies. I know you do that at your academy. Mm -hmm. You take all these things into consideration and go, okay, we're going to go at your comfort level, but we want to push you outside of that comfort level in baby steps as much as you can take because that's really where the real growth happens. Yeah, and and for me, it was really touching another person. I'm I'm a germaphobe. I don't like touching. 
I really Such hate a it. Germaphobe. Yeah. So I had to put myself in another place mentally so I could get through it because I loved it. And I and, and you guys tell me what you think because I think the the feedback I get from a lot of men that start jujitsu is that their their protector type instincts or their hunter gatherer instinct takes over and they want to dominate and then they realize they can't and they feel so inept and and that that gets them to show up again. They're like, I can't believe how unprepared I am. You know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Even a mm-hmm. big, big athletic, you know, CrossFitters or whatever, they all tell me the same thing. It, like day one was so humbling. <laughs> and do you guys go through something like that as well? Or is there something different for day one? What makes you guys come back? Uh, you did. As if I have control. As if I have any control. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for giving me that delusion for two seconds. How, how did you? Because I know that was really something for me to to work through with the guys because guys are so much stronger too mm. and and to temper it to temper that how did you when you first started training well my I re, my I remember my first class I was inter, introduced to Eddie who was a purple belt at the time and uh, I mean it was only an hour class but Eddie t- okay we're gonna practice close guard and so like I was just had my legs wrapped around his waist for what for what felt like four hours but it was only one and then I literally never saw him again. Yeah, Eddie moved until, away. Until last year. He yeah. still exists. He's a cool dude. Eddie Morrow. Yeah. Black belt now. Yeah. Shout out, Eddie. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this is freaking weird. Mm-hmm. I, I, this, I'm, I mean, it was fun. Um, and I don't remember much yeah. after that until, uh, and that was in like June of 14. And... I remember then I competed at Paul Nava's in uh, the Dan tournament. I think it was the second annual and I'm like six months in and I'm like, okay, let's do this tournament. But I don't, I I really can't speak intelligently about those six months because I don't really remember. I just showed up and trained. Okay. Um, And, uh, and I just kept showing up and bitching to my husband the whole time about how I suck at jujitsu. And he's like, just keep showing up. So now, nine years later, I just got my brown belt, and all I've been doing is showing up and trying to get better. So yeah. That's awesome. I think it's, I saw your It's post. great. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. How about you? What, what made you come back besides your daughter going, you're coming back? You know, it's pushing, it's pushing yourself. Mm. It's, it really is. It's just pushing yourself and staying curious and knowing that it's really good for your – for me, I mean, it's it, what I advocate is good for your aging process. I yeah. mean, it really does – it's such a physical and a mental connection. Like we talked about earlier, yep. it yep. really is that. So we talked about, you know, you've got what's, yeah, you can weight lift and that's great. And we use the, you know, like the euphemism of the Phoenix Coyotes. Like you can go to a hockey game and that would be like weightlifting. That's great. That's great. You can weight lift, but there's not so much that mental physical connection. If you want to optimize your training you want to optimize a mental, physical connection, you're going to do the Stanley Cup. And yeah. to me, the Stanley Cup is like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Qigong, Tai Chi, you know, even if we did some non-martial art, like a yoga. But there's the science that's behind that as well. It's just scientifically shown that when you have that mental, physical connection when you're working out, that's really optimizing your health. And it's optimizing your mental health because, you know, we're – Everything goes south as we get older. Yeah. I mean, it's just ain't that the truth. It's just our <laughs> itching process, right? This yeah. is our itching process. And we're fighting it back, you know, some of us more so every moment of every day because it's happening to us every moment of every day. 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu literally helps you fight back that aging process because of this mental-physical connection. And as we talked about, too, diet is a really big, important factor in it as well. So we need to maintain as much as you can. I mean, it's great to have the Cheetos and the Doritos, but as much as you can to have that healthy diet that goes with it. That's really your optimal. That's what keeps me coming back. It's pushing. It's the challenge. It's what can my body do? I think my body can do better. I love the transformative changes, the strength, the muscle mass. And we talked about that as well, keeping our muscle mass, because we do lose that as we get older. You could look around and see older adults that don't look as strong as they were. And you could see them look a little weaker, a little slower and all that. Well, in the scientific world, we call that sarcopenia, which is loss of muscle mass. It's all it is, just a fancy Latin word for loss of muscle mass. Well, we don't want that to happen because when you do lose your muscle mass, you you lose you lose your ability to maintain your balance. You know, balance is really important. Tremendously important. And we keep that in our jujitsu, right? Like we have the balance. We have our grip strength. We yeah. talk about grip strength. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about more about finish your thought, but we okay. definitely got to get back to the grip strength. Okay, so <coughs> it's it's those things that we do to hold back our aging process, which is keeping our strength, keeping our muscle mass, keeping our mental health, which is super super important because that's something actually that we women experience more. Unfortunately, we're the lucky ones because we live longer. We develop more chronic diseases because we live longer. And for some reason, we seem to develop more Alzheimer's, you know, Mm. a dementia, which is a form of dementia. About 75% of dementias of the dementia diagnosis out there are Alzheimer's. And of those that are diagnosed, over about three-fourths are women. Of the six million that are living in the United States alone have that diagnosis. So we don't know why. Researchers don't know why. But it's something, this is another sport that we can, a sport we can do to, you know, decrease the likelihood of developing a cognitive disorder. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I, I didn't know that was that high in women. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I'm never going to stop doing jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that I, you know, um, I, b- before, you know, when I first started jujitsu, I, I fell in love right away. I mean, I, was, I knew I was going to do this. Like, I, I joke around, not, not really joke, but I, I don't want to climb Everest. I don't want to sail an ocean. I, don't wanna, I just want to do jujitsu. Um, vitamin D deficient, proud, sorry, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but really, you know, I know that someday I'm going to be told that I can't do jujitsu anymore. And I'm trying to push that day back as far as I can every single day. Um, and that just comes with using the body. Right. But I never really thought about that mind body connection because it's a user lose kind of thing. Right. I mean, Absolutely. it's, it's really interesting, and you talk about maintaining your your muscle mass. And I, I you know, I, I I've been reading a, a lot. I, I I read a lot of uh, books, but one one um uh, one one subject that really intrigues me is um, pushing back the aging process through weightlifting, yeah. and it it's kind of like, like I augment jujitsu. Everything I do is revolves around jujitsu. Obviously, it's my job. Mm-hmm. But once I started weightlifting, I could feel a significant difference in my ability to relax. In, in in difficult situations, there's just something about adding that to your jujitsu experience or game or whatever you want to call it that I think a lot, too many people neglect. Mm-hmm. And as I think as you get older, it becomes more and more important. Don't you agree? 100%. Yeah. 100%. <clears throat> My brother was visiting last year and he's he's in great shape and he's yeah. 17 months older than me. Do chin, you know, chin ups and he can just spin himself around and I'm going, oh my God, you're in such great shape. And he said, well, are you doing this? And I said, no. 
He goes, well, why not? You're doing jujitsu. You're smashing people. Mm. If you want to smash people, if you want to smash more people, you should be doing chin-ups and pull-ups. Yeah. And going, Ooh, but done. then you could smash people more, exactly. <laughs> which is my favorite thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> smash so, them more. The minute he said that, I was, I'm on it. I'm yeah. doing it. And so I incorporated that into weightlifting. And that's been a game changer for me, lifting weights on top of the jujitsu. Yeah. Also doing the rope. Mm. I love doing the rope because yeah. of the grip strength, because we're gripping keys, like right? Like climbing yeah. ropes or battle ropes? What, just, what? You know, just the ropes. I, I don't do the battle ropes so much, you know, the ones mm-hmm. that are on the ground. I do the one that's connected to the wall or to the ceiling, you know, like a high. Uh-huh. And then it's just li- literally. Climbing. That sounds yeah, awful. Climbing. That yes. sounds horrible. Well, they, they also have one that's. <laughs> that, I'm impressed as hell. They, that's they, horrible. They also have one that simulates climbing. It just, it gives resistance and you can do it for as long as you want. You can just pull for like time. It's like on a, oh, almost like yes, a pulley. Yes, I've seen those. I've oh. seen those. And that's, and that's yeah, yeah. what I use. That's what you use. Oh, yeah. okay. That's really good. And I turn on a music, I turn on a, a song, and I will literally just push myself. Through the whole song? Through the whole song. On number five, plus, plus, plus. Like, wow. I don't give myself Dang. any credit. Because I feel like if I'm going to get smashed on the ground, you know, like, I want to get, I'm literally just going, I'm just literally maxing out my heart rate. But my grip strength, like I can open water bottles. It's like nobody's business. Yeah. And that's one thing that as gerontologists, as we get into this aging process and aging world, we talked about this earlier, grip strength. So there's two indicators of frailty. So frailty, frailty, what is frailty? Frailty is a combination. It's like a bucket. It's like a bucket. So if you imagine an empty bucket, and if you were to define frailty, you put in these different things of frailty, like loss of muscle mass, diminished cognitive capacity, um, loss of grip strength, things like that, Can't, loss of balance, your balance is mm. bad, you're falling, things like that. Here in the United States, we don't really have a good definition of frailty. They still keep kind of arguing a little bit about it. European countries do a much better job. Like they, they say, here you go, here's our frailty definition. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, one, there's a couple of indicators for frailty, grip strength and sit-stand. So sit-stand is when you're, the capacity, and just watch people when they sit down, right? All ages. Watch them when you go to the restaurant, wherever. Just watch older, some old elderly people sit. They sit very gingerly, mm. right? They're sitting kind of slow, and then they kind of get up, and they're really slow like that, right? So sit strength is a, a, a big indicator for frailty. The other one is grip strength. And so there's a machine out there that, that uh, from the gerontology perspective, that measures your grip strength. And so in jiu-jitsu... We really work on our grip strength. That's why I love ropes, right? Yeah. It's because it works on my grip strength. And also doing chin-ups. I just sometimes, I, is it called dead man hang? or Dead hang. Dead, dead hang. hang. Yeah. Dead hang. <clears throat> sometimes I'll do that too. And, and I haven't put a gi on there yet. I'll, some of the guys recommend, hey, hang a gi up there, right? Yeah. And then hang from the gi. I haven't done that yet. But those just, again, you're working on your grip. So if you think about it from an aging perspective, that's how you're, that's how you're slowing down, Alex, your ability to push off into a way future date stopping training yeah because you're pushing your body to be able to continue to do these things yeah and your body's going to continue to respond because our body is just this miraculous yeah just ever adapting and we can continue to grow it and here's Mm. the thing that people don't think about either is our cognitive capacity it's not all south right it's not no it's not it's really not right so the thing is it doesn't have to be anyway but you have to exercise it the same way you would exercise your muscles. Exactly. Which is exactly. Where you're going. Exa- you know exactly <laughs> where I'm going. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. 
a lot of people think it is like that. Oh, I'm just diminished. I'm, I'm just, I'm, it's bound to happen. No, that's your ageism. Actually, you're just listening to yeah. society mm-hmm. yeah. say that you're too old. You can continue to work on your brain and you can continue to have better memory, better memory as you grow older, but you have to work it and you have to work it harder yeah. and harder and harder like we do in jujitsu. That's the beauty of jujitsu. We're cognitively working on top of physically working, and that's the beauty of the connection of the two. I love that. Problem solving physically. Yeah. Always. Yeah, and, and, you know, going back to what we talked about, um, you know, that pushing that day back where we're not, we can't do it anymore. I think um, all of us that that train start, started training pre-Pandy, um, uh, we, we really, um, I believe that it was a really good wake-up call uh, for all of us because we were all told that we can't train anymore. Yeah, and we were like, uh, no, but, but I mean, but we were told, like <laughs> we, were, we told. were all told you're not allowed to train anymore for how long? I don't know. Yeah, that, that does. And that, <laughs> that did terrible things for our brains. Actually, we were, we were like, well, I, I don't know what to do now. We have more time to drink. Yeah, that was basically it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. We sat in the backyard and we drank and then, right. and then, and then we heard about some underground open mats and we're like, okay. Our lives are saved. <laughs> we can, but but yeah, I mean that that was it. You know, when when you talk about like the end of a, of a jujitsu career, so to speak, that was a pretty good taste. That's that's a scary oh, thing. And it was awful. It yeah, was awful. That's a scary. I mean, thing. we and this was before we had our academy, so we were at Nava's five six days a week. Yeah, um, and that's, multiple times a day. Right, and that's just that's just what we did, and then. Yeah. Boom! The world is shut down. You can't you can't do train jiu-jitsu. anymore. Yeah, and all all our friends are jujitsu friends, so we can't see our friends. Yeah, yeah. it was horrible. Yeah, but well, I, I shouldn't did say you guys that. Train? I shouldn't say that. The, the friends that we see daily are jujitsu friends. Yeah, right. We had other we have other friends that don't yeah. do jujitsu. Not many. Not many. Not many. But I mean, they're still <laughs> dear friends. But we can't see our friends anymore. We can't train jujitsu anymore. And man, if that doesn't scare you into lifting weights into taking care of your body into that mind body connection. I don't know what will, I mean, I'm sorry. That's, that's probably the worst thing that's happened to me in a long time. Yeah. 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 It, was, wow. it was terrible. It was a game changer. Yeah. I mean, it was a world changer. It really, what, it really was. What did that do to, um, you know, you being an expert in your field, what did that do to people's aging processes, not being able to see their families, not being able to leave their communities where, I mean, probably their assisted living or, or not. Right. What did that do to those people? Oh, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was horrible. You know, when it first started to come down, and I was in the ins- uh, the financial services industry, and that and the, and the office where I worked at never closed. So we always went in. I, I think we all just had a not a devil may care attitude, but we took really good care. You know, we kind of kept a distance a bit from each other. I'm of the philosophy of like, look, I'm a gerontologist. Like, we could die. I could become demented. Tonight, you know, yeah. like I could have a heart right. attack and die, you know, uh, whatever. And you get hit by a bus. Like you never know when your end is going to happen. You just don't know. So I always kind of took that, that attitude and everything. And I guess the other people in the office did too. The thing is, is what happened were a lot of bad things because when you shut off from the people that were in the independent, the assisted and in the skilled nursing facility and in the lockdown memory care where they couldn't, them they couldn't touch them so you took that human touch away mm. and i think that was more devastating i know it was because the research is out now and it's in spades 
how bad that was. And we're very social creatures. We're very social. You're absolutely spot on. We're very social creatures. We need that social connection. Absolutely. And fraud, financial fraud, increased dramatically. I'm sure. Because I'm of sure. people were home. They were on their on their phone. They were on their computer. They were lonely. They were isolated. They were depressed. I mean, it was just all the things. It was yeah. that bad. So, yeah. yes, from a gerontologist, it literally broke my heart. I literally knew it was going to be really bad stuff, and it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that we're out of that. We're not necessarily back to where we were. We're in a new normal. Yeah. Right? And we're s- probably still discovering all of the neg- uh, the total negative impact that those two years of shut well, year of shutdown and reopen and, you know, that whole mess. Like, we don't even know what yeah. the long-term effects I'll, of that I like are. to call it the two years of greater good. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> you're right, and, there, and we don't know, right? And I started seeing the scientific research starting at that moment, back mm-hmm. in 2020, when right. they were doing all the COVID studies, like what's going to happen, what's going on here. So there is the thing, like we lost a million people here mm-hmm. in the United States alone mm-hmm. to COVID. Mm-hmm. So there is a thing called long COVID. So it is a thing. Yes. And yeah. now they're going to I, most likely consider it a chronic disease, which I think, Probably it should Fair. be. Yeah. I know people yeah. that are still experiencing yeah. these long-term effects. Yes. But, you know, you always have to look for the silver lining whenever there's a dark cloud. I mean, for me, that's when I started my jiu-jitsu. That's when my daughter yeah. started her jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It was back in 2020 when Gustavo could not work with his students because right. everything got shut down, and he did the right thing. They did the right thing by shutting down their yeah. academy like everybody else did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he needed somebody to t- teach technique to, and my daughter was there, and she stepped up, and then... I got involved, and then it just kind of went from there. So you try to find the positive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I stayed in touch with uh, several students by doing, um, like, Zoom techniques in the garage. In the garage. And that was a lot of fun. That was kind of cool. That was my first little dabble into being on video and listen, hearing myself talk. It's awful. <laughs> Why is Kelsey at Tojo's house? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. New, new relationships were born, and we found out about it in Zoom calls. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. So. Sorry, guys. Really got technology yeah. really boomed. I mean, when yeah. that happened, I mean, what I love about, and again, the silver lining, right? Never yeah. a dark cloud. The technology <clears throat> really forced middle age and older adults to really get on technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really did. Yeah. You know, Zoom and video and all that. I mean, it's forever changed yeah. our world because of that. So there are some, yeah, some good that you can find out of it. Yeah. I think the people at Zoom grew like, a, mil- a million percent exponentially <laughs> overnight, yeah. you know, because it, it was a little known, you know, kind of Skype ish company. And then everybody's like, oh, get, let's get on Zoom. And it just rolls off the tongue. Right. Yeah. Let's right. get yeah. on Zoom. And yeah, so it's, uh, I still use it. It's a great, great little uh, yeah. platform. So, uh, and it was great for you guys too, right? Because you were yeah. able to teach your students <clears throat> technique. Yeah. And it put you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I'm always an advocate. How do you get outside of your comfort zone? Every time I step on a jujitsu mat, I am outside of my comfort zone yeah. going, Sometimes I think, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. I, I can get my teeth smashed into it. Do I have my mouth guard on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it really takes you outside of your comfort zone when you got on Zoom, right? To, yeah. To talk to your and work through technique with your students and everything. Yeah. And it kept you in touch with them. Yeah. And I, and I love uh, when, when folks like, you know, practitioners our age are posting uh, uh, photos, post-training photos, because people our age are up there playing golf. You know, they're playing yes. tennis, you know, they're not getting their f- teeth smashed in on a jujitsu mat and, it, it, and you're just sopping wet. And when have you looked worse? Never. 
And you're like, this is me today. It's such a good feeling, man. It's such a good feeling to come off the mats, especially that last round that you mm-hmm. don't want to do. You really don't want to do, but Gustavo, I'm sure. One more round. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'll kill you one more round. <laughs> That's Those but are the greatest it. words and the worst <laughs> words ever. Yeah, but you do they it. Are. You do you it. You got this. Yeah, it's like you got this one more time. Like, oh, I don't want to be choked <laughs> again. You know, you're going to. And when you're doing like the turtle position or something like yeah. that, you're doing the back take and it's like, yeah. oh, God, do I have this in me? Especially with specifics class. Yes. I started doing specifics. And we're doing almost, it feels almost like competition. Yeah. And we're doing five minutes and it's yeah. just, it's just all out. And it's all the things that suck. Mm-hmm. All the things that suck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and five minutes is a long time. It's a long and it's time. not enough time. Yeah. Simultaneously. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It kind oh, of time so warps, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, when yeah. you're done and you get your breath back, you go, oh, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Let's do that again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was, who, I was talking to somebody recently. We were talking about five minute rounds and like, you know, we have a minute in between rounds, pick your next partner, fix your belt, whatever. And, uh, and we were talking about, oh no, I, I, I need a, I need, I need to take a rest round. Yeah. And then they were like <coughs> 10 seconds into their rest round. Oh, I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> but now everybody's taken. Dang it. Yeah. yeah. That's when, that's when you look across the room and there's a 300 pounder looking back and like, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Okay, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, we uh, we are a unique industry. It's it's almost like a service industry, right? We're selling a service. Um, but there is a lot of I don't know, maybe you can speak to this cuz I can't. Um, there's a lot of science behind physical touch, right? Being able to hug somebody, hold somebody. Your body just does, does something naturally, and that's why you feel so amazing at the end of a training of a hard training session. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can really put it into words what it does for me, but I know like when I see somebody new walk into the academy, I know there's a ninety percent chance they're going to come back because this is just amazing. Unless, there, unless there's something wrong with them. Squishy, Just saying. Squishy snuggles are the best. Snuggles. Yeah. Yeah. Can can you guys speak to that? I don't I don't know if there's like real science behind that. I'm sure there is. There probably is. <clears throat> yeah. I'd, let, I'd love to hear your take on it. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I that that that's my take. Squishy snuggles are the best snuggles. <laughs> yeah. I was never a hugger before jujitsu. I was never like goodbye hug, hello hug. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Very much stiff arm, handshake. <laughs> Peace. Yeah, <laughs> really. Until jujitsu, that's kind of was my thing. Yeah. But what, what about your take? What do, what do you think? I haven't really thought about that that much from the the physical touch. I mean, we are human social beings. Like we yeah. do, we do like that physical touch. It was for, for me to equate it like a loving physical touch with somebody who wants to like kill me, you know, or something like that, <laughs> or, or really physically hurt me. <clears throat> that that was interesting. Uh, I forever see differently now. You know, like the underhook. <laughs> like, yes. yes. <laughs> the underhook, so yep. got my, you know, if anybody saw me, I'm like, Slide oh, dang it, they got my underhook. And it's a friend. And I'm going, yeah. oh, dang Who it. Doesn't got... do jiu-jitsu, Who right? doesn't even do jujitsu, right? They don't even know what they did. I'm like, dang it, I gave up the underhook. <laughs> <laughs> pummel. Exactly. Just pummel. Exactly. Or if they've got my neck or something, and I'm like, it's like, oh, dang, they got my neck. You know, they're my friends, and they don't yeah. know what I'm thinking, you yeah. know, or, or if it's a date or whatever. And I'm going, dang, he's got the underhook. Or dang, you know, he's got this. So, you know, can I get out of this? situations is kind of funny so you think about touch differently in that sense but as far as um i I don't know i really haven't thought about it from i don't i yes touching is important right we're social being and all that i i i feel that it's gosh 
however you put it, I think it's just that. I, I don't want to overthink it. Yeah. It's, squishy it's snuggles are the best. Squishy yeah. snuggles, yeah. yeah. And it's different to <clears throat> be in a, it's different to be uh, when you're grappling with guys versus grappling with women. It's just, just really different. That's yeah. for sure. That yeah. is for sure. It, yeah, it's yeah. just the strength, just the feeling and the strength is just so different. But it's just. Plus women are cooler. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Sorry. I agree. Hey, we die faster. So we're kind of cool. Um, I mean, if that's the race you want to win, okay. <laughs> no, but let me ask you guys uh, another question. Tell me, tell me your thought process when you're gonna either you haven't competed yet, but you said you said you were going to. I so did. On, Ooh, committed. Yeah. was that off camera? Because we got to put that on camera. <laughs> it's on camera now. But yes. she committed to, to to competing. But what is it about? What goes through your mind whenever you're at an open mat or you have a new training partner? Or you're gonna, you're going to compete against somebody you never fought before. What what goes through your brain? What 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 what's your thought process when it's somebody new? A new per- well, they're mostly new for me. You know, yeah, I haven't um, <clears throat> really trained so much so with certain people and everything. Yeah. You know, it's just always exciting. It's just always how's my body going to react? Mm. Do I have the physical strength? Mm. You know, will I remember my moves? Do mm. I do I have that pattern recognition? Right, because yeah. that's what we talk. Gustavo talks about all the time. Do you have that pattern recognition? Yeah. Like chess, yeah. right? You know, just the moves and and how are you going to move your body and and not hurt your opponent and be a good a good partner. Yeah. Unless you're obviously in a live round or something like that where you're you're trying to kind of smash each other. You know, it's just always a feeling of what can I do? It's mm. just always a feeling of pushing my body. Um, what am I remembering? How can I do this? How can I push myself a little bit more? And then am I thinking through the moves? And then how am I recovering? How am I breathing? Am I going yes. too spazzy? Wow. Am I going too spazzy? Am I slowing it down? Am I being more methodical? I'm just not just all over the place. Like in my, I'm more purposeful in my grips. I'm not gripping too hard. It's almost like to me, I, I used to play golf, a lot of golf. So it's almost like a golf game, right? You're just, you don't want to overthink. Yeah. Just, you stink when you overthink and type yeah. of thing. I don't want to overthink it in jujitsu, but by the same token, I want to be as methodical as I can be, but I also want to have fun. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. also about fun. Yeah. Right? So, so golf is a lot about having good mechanics and, and, and having a good mindset. Right. And I, I think there's a lot of parallels with jujitsu and golf, right? Exactly. Like how do you picture the, a good takedown? How do you picture a good golf swing? Exactly. That, yeah. And you got to see your it. Head. Yeah. You got to see in it. your head quite a bit. Yeah. And if you don't see it, you should probably step away from the ball, right? And take a couple of practice swings and then and then and then visualize it, right? What a good point. <clears throat> Visualization, yeah. I do that too. Yeah. And I hear I hear a lot of the other women do that as well. And I'm sure the guys do. Yeah. You visualize your match. You mm. visualize if they do this move, I'm gonna do this move. If they do this, where's my which system do mm. I want to use? If they're gonna shut down my system, I better have another system in place. You yeah. know, what kind of a takedown do I want? How do I if I can get to a submission? Yeah. You know, or if I'm just in, you know, if somebody just has me in, you know, side control and how do I get out of that and, and things like that. So it's just always thinking, but trying not to overthink it. Yeah. And trying to be calm. Yeah. Throughout it. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds funny, but to try to be no, calm. No, it doesn't. You okay. absolutely, the and calmer you are, the more you can think. So then yeah. you can do the thing that you're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. And, and visual, visualization for me works different ways. So if I'm, if I feel like, you know, I'm in a very good focused mind mindset i'm thinking okay i'm gonna go i'm first thing i'm gonna do is this and then when he does that this is what's gonna happen and then i'm gonna come up on a single i'm gonna get the single and then i'm gonna be on top as soon as i get on top he's got to pummel his legs to the inside so i'm gonna hop over and these are the things that i process but there's times when i'm just not on my game and i know exactly when that happens if i'm in the bullpen and i can hear people talking i know i'm not in the zone i'm not focused so then i change my visualization process from the match to the after party okay when i win this is what I'm going to be wearing. 
This is who I'm going to be with. This is where we're going to go. And then I kind of backtrack. Okay, top of the podium, get off the podium, back in the bullpen. And then I kind of reverse engineer the match that way. And it puts me back in a better mindset. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if, if if that makes any sense. No, it makes but, sense. It does. <laughs> but yeah, impressive. But but there's times when like I know. Like uh, I'll give you an example. I got my butt handed to me in nationals last year, and I knew I was. I hate to say this, but I knew I wasn't in a good mindset because when we shook hands, I could hear everybody talking around the barrier, and normally I can't. I can hear Paul. I can hear Josh. You know, if they're, I can hear my coaches, and that's it. And when I hear other things, I know I'm distracted. I'm like, I'm just not there. And once you're in the match, it's too late. Right. <laughs> right. You're in it, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah. but one, thing, uh, one thing that I always think about when uh, I'm at an open mat or it's somebody that I haven't fought before is on the other side of that timer is, a, is one of my best friends. I always think about that because it, without fail, without fail, um, I've, I've only had one person ever really try to hurt me in a match and you know, just like, just like anything in jujitsu, just wait, they'll leave, right? The assholes always mm-hmm. leave. So, um, yeah, he's gone. I haven't seen him since, but most of the time it's, gosh, there, there's a guy, Ninad. Um, I, I think I fought him nine years ago. We haven't fought since, but we still hug and talk. You know, those are the things that I love about jujitsu. Yeah. And, and that's what I think about whenever there's somebody new in front of me. It's like, I've got a lifelong friend waiting for me. That's how, where I that's where my head goes to, um, yeah. particularly with women, because they're, I mean, it, it really, jujitsu globally isn't that big of a sport. Right. Yeah. And clearly male dominated. Um, the fact that we get to have Master Seven at Worlds is only a very, very recent thing, yeah. right? Yep. Which is awesome. Um, I'm going to be in that division someday. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but like, yay, more women to, to roll with this, this, it, uh, it new friends, yeah. you know, yeah. new people to roll with. I, I, I've noticed recently that I personally, I, I seem to know jujitsu better when I'm rolling with women than versus when I'm rolling with men. I'm like, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's probably all in my head. But I roll with guys. I can defend myself pretty well, but I can't attack. Mm. Um, and it's been frustrating me. But you think you think that could be like a mental block? I'm because, sure because you're you're. I mean, strength isn't an issue. It right. really isn't. So I I, I think because I mean you're you're pretty strong. I wouldn't marry anybody that couldn't move a couch. I can move a couch. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. But I can. But <laughs> I, I think I think some of it might be mental, right? I mean, Probably. I can't imagine it's not. Probably. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I rolled with, uh, I went to uh, Tojo's class this morning, and my last role was this guy, Jason, who's so strong. <laughs> so strong. Yeah. Um, I didn't get submitted, but, again, I couldn't attack. Um, and I couldn't, d- and I, I can do really well getting into a little tiny ball, so he hopefully he was frustrated. It was really fun. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm just curled up in this little ball I can't get anywhere shit now I'm swept yeah yeah <laughs> and uh it seems like I can think better I guess when I'm rolling with women so I, I really enjoy it and then when I go to an open mat and I see that there's women there I'm like oh yay new friends yeah you know uh not so much on the competition circuit in the in the bullpen or whatever um but because uh, I'm too nervous <laughs> yeah 
But yeah. what you said about being able to hear people mm-hmm. and knowing you're distracted, um, that is, I realize that is absolutely true. I don't hear anything. Yeah. And the ref weighs me on kombach and all I can hear is you. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wear, I wear the headphones um, in the bullpen and there's no music playing. I just put the, the sound, whatever they call it. The, White noise? The, no, no, no. The, just the uh, sound. The uh, noise canceling? Yes, noise canceling. Um, because um, I, I don't. Uh, so if I'm too hyper, I'll listen to Adele before I go on the, the uh, before I go compete. But then I realize like she sings a lot of like love songs and very passionate. So I get like amped up again. So I got to figure something out. So I just shut it off. And now it's just noise canceling. So people think that I'm listening to music and I can ignore them. That makes me nervous. Like, what if I don't hear it when they call my name? That's one one of the things I'm you know, always you know, nervous about. One, one thing I realize, and I understand that, yeah, I used to be nervous about that. You get 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> when they first call your name, they, it's 20 minutes before you're DQ'd. So, event, you'll hear it. I mean, one of the times. Somebody will bump you and be like, hey, I think they're calling you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Is that what so. I have to look forward to? Yes. 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 Okay. So, so uh, one thing I can tell you about competition is you're in great hands with your team. You're in great hands. They, they, uh, as far as competition schools go, if you're going to face a GD person, you're you got your hands full. I mean, I don't care if they're a white belt, black belt. You're going to have your hands full. I feel so, so fortunate. Yes, oh, you you should be. You 100%. should feel yeah. So you're 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 in great hands. And and I mean, uh, Gustavo Gustavo's time is is limited, right? So he teaches a certain amount of classes. But then all of the other coaches. I don't know if Manny's still teaching in the morning. I think it might be Paul now. But Manny was an, amer- an amazing guy, cool coach, and. Um, and then you've got Josh Rodriguez out there. You got a lot of other guys that are just, they've just been through it. Mm-hmm. So it's very, there's very few questions that they can't answer. Right. So everything, everything I'm going to tell you, Josh probably told me, you know what I mean? Cause he was my very first morning coach. Okay. So Josh is one of the biggest reasons I stuck with jujitsu cause I got injured early. Right. And, and it's one of those things like, what am I doing? I'm old. I'm fat. I, I'm, I work a sales job. You know what I mean? Like I need to provide for my family. We were seven of us at the time. Yeah. So, so, uh, but Josh was so encouraging. He was so encouraged and he would say things. I remember we had a conversation. It was a bunch of white belts and we're, you know, getting schooled, you know, he's, he's holding court. And one of the bigger guys, white belt, um, says, uh, Hey, I I think I want to compete. And Josh said something that rang in my ears. And, and, and years later, he and I, the same white belt, he's now a brown belt. He and I were talking about it and we both had the same opinion. Josh said, oh, yeah, I think you could win a lot of white belt matches. And then we're thinking, "Ouch, huh, does that mean we just grab people and smash them <laughs> and don't do any technique? Yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> like, yeah, we can probably get the side control and hold them for four minutes, four and a half minutes. But um, but those are little lessons that Josh can 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 teach you, you know, and, and he can be brutally honest without hurting your feelings, <laughs> which is that's a skill in well, itself. Right. We want that. right? Yeah. We yeah. really want that. We want, like, the truth. We yeah. just want to know, like, can you, you know, we can always do it, but it's just how much bad time are you doing? How much, right. How much are you really putting into it? Yeah. Into your jujitsu and how much are you learning it and, and you know, embodying it yeah. as much. And then realizing it's still a combat sport. You yep. get hurt. I uh, mean, and I, and what, what I hear in the academy is, you know, when, when somebody gets hurt, and, and I don't train with Josh because I'm, I'm in fundamentals. Yeah. And, and Crystal will say that Josh will say, it's jujitsu. Yeah, it's, it's not just, checkers. He used to tell ju- us. It's jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't complain. It's jujitsu. It's just jujitsu, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, and 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 injuries are going to happen, and 
It just is what it is. I mean, it you know, what it is. yeah, I, I can't, I can't explain it. I've broken toes. I've broken my foot a couple times. I've torn my groin. I've had both knees surgically repaired, <laughs> but I'm not going to stop doing it. What are you crazy? <laughs> well, here's a, here's a story. You made me think of something too. When I first started, like I knew I had knee pain, some right knee pain, mm. right? And I knew I had that. And so it started to swell up a little bit. I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop just because I've got a little swelling and a little knee pain Yeah. because I know we work through the pain, right? I mean, the, the, the myth, the aging myth is if you feel pain, don't work out. Mm. Well, that's, right. That's right. the opposite. You don't want to do that because it's a vicious cycle. You stop working out. You're going to get more pain, more sedentary, you know, heavier, loss of muscle mass. There's that sarcopenia thing, and there's this frailty thing, and it's just this terrible, vicious cycle. So I'm like, well, I'm going to work through it. And then I said to my daughter, hey, I've got a little knee pain. Like, you know how we sit, like, I say it like geisha girl, right? Like, when we sit on our yes. knees. Well, I was having a hard time doing that. Yeah. And so my daughter said, well, why don't you try knee pads? So I bought knee pads. Okay, fine. Still have the pain, still have the swelling. I thought, well, maybe I'll be a responsible adult and go to an orthopedic surgeon <laughs> and see if I'm really messing up my knee. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Well, you know? yeah. <laughs> so I went to an orthopedic surgeon, and he took an x-ray, and then he said, okay, well, let's look at the x-ray. And I said, well, look, before you even you know go into what you're going to say, I want to do jiu-jitsu. So how can I get around and navigate through this? He said, this is what you do. You have... No cartilage in your right knee. Like none. Mm. Zero zippo. That would be very painful. Yeah. It was a little painful. So it's bone on bone. It's just all the athletics I've done yeah. in my life. Yep. Right. So he's like, okay, if you want to do jujitsu, strength train. Wow. Weight, weight lift. Yes. Weight lift. Build up your muscles around your legs. Ideally your whole body. Mm -hmm. That's what really started me on the weight training. So, That's so it cool. took several months from my knee pain to go away. I just I just plowed through the pain because you got other parts of your body that are painful, right? Like yeah. when I was training, every piece of me hurt. Like I would wake up in the yeah. morning going, ow, 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 ow. I, you know, every, I do that. You do that? <laughs> it's like yeah, ibuprofen is a part of my supplemental routine. Yeah. But it's like yeah. ibuprofen for the rest of my supplement. But the pain went away. Yeah. The pain in my knee went away. The swelling went away since I started weight training and really building up my knees. So it's yeah. doable. Folks, it's doable. This yeah. just takes some time and it consistency. Time. And know that it's pain, but it's okay. Because yeah. you're working through the pain. And of course you listen to your body. Of course you know your body the best. Yeah. If it's something that you think is going to be so bad, okay, maybe take a little break. But don't take a month break or a year break. Listen to your body. Push through the pain. As long as you're not doing something to irreversibly damage, which mm. is why I went to the orthopedic mm. surgeon. Hey, am I irreversibly and I guess that's a damaging? smart idea. Well, <laughs> he's like, no, you're not. Just build the muscles no, around it. Fine. One one thing I did um, that was different this this knee surgery. It's just a scope, right? So quick quick turnaround. But um, I had my right knee scoped four years ago, and and I had my left knee scoped last Friday, the twelfth. The twelfth. Yeah. But the the difference between the two is I was seeing a physical therapist before my surgery. So after post surgery on the right knee hit the weight training hard. My, my, my trainer, Vin, he's, an, he's amazing. You know, it, all you have to do is tell him, Hey, I want to do this better. And then you just magically do it better. Like he builds a program for you and he just runs you through the ringer. And the next thing you know, you're doing this better. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so before I did my left knee, I talked to Greg over at control physical therapy in Scottsdale. Yeah, to Greg. Shout yeah, out Greg. to Greg. Hey, Greg. And, um, so he started doing the compression. What do they, what do they call it? Blood flow restriction. Blood flow restriction. Awesome. On my on my legs. So he was basically putting these cuffs on that he blows up and it, it almost looks like a like a inner tube of a tire, right? Okay. So he puts that on and he 
he inflates it to a certain level. It's very, you know, it's not just guesswork. He, he knows what he's doing. And um, he had me doing these little movements, right? And it was, it, it was hard work. It didn't hurt, but it was like, just imagine a really hard set of weightlifting, right? But it's just like subtle movements, right? Just like little, little squats. And I think, I really feel that the reason I have such good mobility in my, in my left knee now post-surgery is because I saw him pre-surgery. And that's something that we neglect in our, in our lives. Like, you know, um, we don't see a dentist until we're like, oh, I'm dying, right? We like, don't see a PT. Don't. Yeah, we don't see a PT <laughs> until, you know, we land on that shoulder <laughs> or whatever, where that PT right. can probably help you, you know, structurally keep that shoulder healthy right. before the impact, right? right and when absolutely. the impact happens, you can, you can absorb it a little bit easier. So, yeah, weight training is huge. I think physical therapy should be something that we're all doing you know, uh, at least once a week, at least learning how to, you know, how to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Train our, train our bodies. And, uh, I think, uh, one thing that I know I neglect is mobility work too. Mm. Um, which is going to help with the balance, help with the strengthening of the muscles and the joints. Yeah. Uh, through end range of motion too, yeah. which is tremendously important. Yeah, it does. You know, and my brother got me on the, how do you pronounce it? The BOSU. 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 Yep. So he got me on the Bosu ball. And so that's where I do a lot of my leg work. Yeah. Is on the Bosu yeah. ball. And I'm doing it while balancing. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I now I've incorporated a lot of heavy weight yep. with it because I had to build baby steps. Yeah. Like Absolutely. I could even I could barely do five yeah. squats mm-hmm. on that thing before I was shaking. And my yeah. brother was just like boop, 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 boop. <laughs> He's doing twenty. I'm going, Oh my gosh, you're yeah. doing so much. And it took me a long time, baby steps to get to where I could go now. It took months. But I'm doing it, and I do it with a lot of, I do a lot of mobility that way, a lot of balance work that way. Yeah, that's perfect. And it really does help on the jiu-jitsu mat with that balance. I find myself, when you're in balance, because that's what we want to do, right? We want to create imbalance in our opponents as much as possible to get get them off off their balance and off their game and all that. I've really found it helpful on the mat as well as with my own aging process. So you can take what we're doing and what we're talking about and you can apply it in different areas of your life. It's not just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that you said that because if you look at, you know, people ask me, you know, people ask all the time, like, how do I get better? Right. That's a big question. I still ask, you know, how do I get better? But if you want to be good at jujitsu, work on your guard game, you know, you know, I I, back up, I, I, I would say get physically fit first. Like work on your physical fitness, clean up your diet, work on your guard game. And there's a guy, uh, Steve, oh gosh, Steve it starts with an M, um, trains over at Gray Wolf, does their mobility stuff. Oh God, I'm so sorry, Steve. I love you, buddy. Um, but Steve is so mobile that his guard is ridiculous. Like as soon as you think you're past, there's another leg. It's like an octopus, but that's because his hips are so mobile and his legs, his core is so strong. His hips are so mobile. It's, it's damn near impossible to pass that guard. And and if you could, and and I, and I say that because mobility is important. And I think if you're doing some kind of yoga and building your hip strength, you're going to be really tough. And those are things that you don't think about, right? You think if you want to get good at jujitsu, do more jujitsu. True. However, if your body's out of balance, if you lack mobility, if you lack the the, the required flexibility, I'm not going to say flexible, because <laughs> I'm not, but there's a required flexibility to it. you flexible, though. Well, people can bend me certain ways, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but can you be stacked? I can be stacked. <laughs> I can be stacked. I have a yeah. really unique ability to, like, get my head turned so that my butt goes this way, <laughs> and then I end up turtled up. I don't know how yeah, I do it. I get stacked, and I tap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Shout out to Greg again, who uh, helped me with my neck a yeah. lot in the past year. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, do you do anything? Um, do you do any uh, any uh, needle therapy, PRP, anything like that? Uh, stem cell, anything like that? I don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't. I'm yeah. really fortunate. Like my body can take a lot of, you know, like yeah. a lot of pain and all that. Yeah. Um, it, it's just yeah, it, genetics and all mm. that, and diet and exercise and, and genetics and yeah. and such. But no, I don't. Yeah. I haven't done any of that stuff. Okay. But I put when I'm when I'm doing my weightlifting, I really push myself. Yeah. And then on the mat. You know, I, I try to push, especially specifics and everything. Yeah. But I, I look for those opportunities to push myself. Yeah. Yes. But I don't do any of those PRPs or anything like that. I guess knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Not well, quite yet. Yeah, I started doing them uh, a few years ago. I had my neck done, both shoulders, both knees. Was it helpful? Just it's amazing. last year. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's and it's really weird because, like. It, it, it's some, there's a placebo effect that happens immediately. We're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's not, it's not amazing. It's not that amazing. It's, it's a couple of months later where, where I would wake up and I'm laying on my shoulder and I'm like, oh, I slept on my shoulder all night. Holy crap. You know, and that's, you know, because that's where the real healing happened. Um, but man, my neck feels so much better. My shoulder feels so much better. And it's a guy I see, uh, Restore Health AZ, Neil Morris. He's, he's Shout fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's, he takes really good care of me. Um, you know, you know how they give you that little, that little silhouette, to, you know, circle where it hurts, basically anything that bent, you know, circling like knees, <laughs> wrist, elbows, circle the whole body. Yeah. The whole body. <laughs> the whole body. It does. It yeah. Does. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so, um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about re recovery. What do you do for recovery? Cause you push yourself pretty hard. Uh, we all push ourselves pretty hard and we're not 25 anymore right I'll so recovery is tough Way far from it's got to be like it's got to be super though. active I would imagine your recovery it is and yeah. I'm a part of uh, shout out to the gerontological society of America I'm a, a, a member there and we started an, a special there's special interest groups within mm -hmm. this organization mm -hmm. and it's an older organization they've been around for like 80 years or something mm -hmm. like that but we started a group called the fitness exercise and wellness which is really interesting that there wasn't a group like that before we started it last yeah, year. Yeah. So only here, last year you started that only group. Only last wow. year we started that group. So it's all these academics and little old me. So these folks that are the academics, the researchers, the ones that are actually conducting the research or there's a, one that's retired from there and everything, but we're all very active and we're, you know, we work on our physicality and all that. They really do the research on the recovery. So I listen to them. They're the experts, right? Because they are there. They're compiling the data. They're analyzing the data. And they're saying, you need to post-stretch. You need to pre-stretch. You need to post-stretch. Because we are older. Yeah. And we're not recovering as quickly as we can. Yeah. And there are certain things that you can do to recover. So I really focus because of them. Shout out to all you guys. Is... To do, I do a lot of stretching before, and I really focus on stretching afterward. Mm. And then I focus on stretching when I'm even not stretching, when I'm yeah. not doing, when I'm not actively stretching. Yeah. I'm at home, and I'm just, you know, I'll stretch, or I'm driving in my car, and I'll do a stretch. Yeah. So I really focus on that. And really, it's all about drinking a lot of water. It's yeah. really about getting a good night's sleep. I mean, even Tom Brady with his tb12 or yeah. something like that yeah he talks about all these hours of sleep i mean it's really important to have that we our body needs that recovery but it's also it's listening to your body but our body does respond and the more you work out the better and easier it gets i mean yeah. for the first year solid i was sore all the time yeah like every yeah. day i was sore it was like ibuprofen every day 
now it's like, oh, I'm pretty sore, but I wake up and go, oh, well, I'm not too bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I just got stacked and smashed <laughs> yesterday and all that, and I was getting choked and all that, and Chris had got a really good choke on me the other day, and <laughs> I was like, dang. But yeah. I can recover from that, but yeah. it is that active recovery. So I do work on that, and then also from a mental perspective, too, I make sure I'm breathing, always breathing. Yeah. I think about my breathing. I try not to ever let it get out of control. To Gustavo's point, he talks about that too. Always focus on your breathing. Don't overbreathe. Don't over. You know. Don't get, allow yourself to hyperventilate or something. Yeah. Control. Mm. Control your breathing. Control your actions and all that. Super helpful in the recovery. Yeah. I haven't gotten to the yoga part yet because I just I've just got so many other things that I'm doing <laughs> and all that. So I gotta do my own. It's fit it all in, it right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's only 15 minutes a day. Yeah, but I'm doing 15 minutes of this yes, and 15 and minutes of that. Exactly. And, and I still have to do laundry and I have to yeah. eat something, you know. Yeah, and I'm running a company and I'm creating this yeah. consulting yes. business and all yeah. that. And oh yeah, and I haven't been on the mat as much as I could. And oh yeah, I dedicated to myself to competing this year and yeah oh yeah so it's just yeah it's all those things but but it's taking what you know and listening to your body but you've got to push yourself yeah but you have to actively rest as well and, and actively um when you when you get done training to stretch because yeah. we do we do need to do that because that increases the likelihood of getting injured we don't want to get injured right yeah because injuries are they're they're big setbacks are at at least at my age it, it's a big setback oh, it's yeah. At my yeah. age, I mean, it's just a huge yeah. setback. And so we just, we tap early. We say we tap early, tap yep. often. And Absolutely. I finally learned that, you know, and I'll tap when I need to and, yeah. and all that. But also, we just, we respect our, it, it just goes back to being self-aware. Yeah. Being self-aware of yourself, of your aging, where you're at physically, and then just know that you can continue to push yourself. Yeah. You can always push yourself. You know, you know what I find? I find that, um, I find that the, um, the blue belts that are my age are my, they're, they're the ones like that really, really drive me. I don't want to say drive me crazy, but they drive me a little crazy. But I, I would say that they're the ones that don't tap early enough They're because I don't know what it is. They're, 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 I don't know if they have, they still feel they have something to prove. Um, black belts, my age, they'll tap. What, what do we care? Right. I mean, yeah, just, okay. You extend my arm, you win winner. You know why he, I got submitted because this stuff works. Yes, <laughs> that's why. But I think you know, I think the 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 grapplers that started a little bit later, you know, that are doing, you know, that are the blue belt level, it, purple belts not so much. I don't see that, but my blue belts, oh my gosh, and and you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say his name out loud, Jim, but <laughs> I love him. I love him, but I might kill him. I I I I don't know, man. He I I love the guy, but. Like his arm will be fully extended. He's twisting. I'm like, Jim, just tap, and I the tap. I tap for him. I'm like, yeah, let him go. So, oh my gosh, but 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 you know, we, we have to realize again, we are all going to be told we can't do this anymore. Let's push that date back as far as possible. And the easiest way to do that, you know, is is to tap and live and you know, live to fight another day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's inspiring too because when you look on like the Instagrams and stuff like that, you see 86 year olds getting yeah. their belts. Yeah. It's just so inspiring to see that. Yeah. yeah. But I would love personally, I would love to see more women. And that's why, Amen, I sister. that's why I advocate what I do as a gerontologist consultant. I also talk actively about jujitsu. I talk about it. Yeah. I talk how I got into it. And that you're not going to get smashed. And you can you can just really slow down your aging process because of it. And yeah. I'd love to see more women come into the sport. Yeah. And, and you know, it's um, – I, I think that, that – um, that roughhouse, you know, Shark Tank smash thing is something. I mean, it's a it's a reputation that jujitsu earned, but it's a very old one. It's it's a very different time, and now it's like 
people people go and come into the academy and we're really all about getting them as good as we can get them as fast as possible so they can help us get better right because everybody brings something to the table absolutely so you know there's there's one thing i like uh, what i like about training with new white belts is you can't really do sophisticated guard play with them because they don't respond the way they should. So it screws up everything. But what do you do? You go right back to the basic stuff. You go back to close guard, you go back to scissor sweep, you go to mount, you go to Americana. Yeah, really simple stuff. And you're brushing up on those types of things that... Anyway, that, that should be the, the, the basis of your of your jujitsu. But you like playing the fancier stuff. That's always fun, right? Spider lasso, good, cool sweeps. But when they're like yanking their arms out and throwing you around the mat like okay that's not gonna work so <laughs> quick sweep get them in guard you know get them in mount whatever so yeah that's 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 something that i really uh, i really enjoy funny. well listen this has been a lot of fun this is probably one of my favorite podcasts thank you both for being on thanks for having but, thank you thanks um for having thanks for letting me sit in let us thank know let everybody me. know where they can find you uh, all your social media your website please fire away oh thank you so yep. much for having me this has just been such a pleasure too um so you could reach me at interruptingaging.com. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. At Barbara, my, my name, Barbara Micheletti. I've got Facebook as well, and I'm on Instagram. I actually started an Instagram just to hold myself accountable for my jujitsu. Nice. So my Instagram is interrupting underscore aging, but then my jujitsu is interrupting underscore aging B-A-M, which are my initials, Barbara M. Micheletti, B-J-J. Oh, very and cool. So I'm putting myself out there, you know, I'm just, I'm visualizing, holding myself accountable. Yeah. Am I doing the training? Am I doing the things that I need to do? And, and I really do. I love it that much. I love it. It's yeah. Game changer. So thank you so much. You're, you're, you're very generous with your information on your, on your, uh, on your Instagram and your website. So I really appreciate that. And, uh, everybody, if you love the podcast, if you got something out of it, please like, and subscribe, do me a huge flavor, a flavor, fa- flavor, flavor, favor, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we are on Instagram, the BJJ Foxcast. We are on Facebook. Please don't go to the website. It's not great. It's still a work in progress, but, uh, Barbara, we'll have to do this again. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. All right.